Hello and welcome to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. We are in chapter two um, today, so of A Game of Thrones. Um, hopefully you are reading along with us, uh, or just want to listen to us talk about, you know, some uh, Game of Thrones today. Yeah. So, Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. Um, quick little shout out to the folks at Podbean for prom- for promoting us. Um, we actually even got a little extra share on their Facebook page, so we really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you very much. That was that was awesome. Uh, the Patreon is live. It is. And let me tell you why that's a cool thing, okay? Um, because, you know... There's just so much good stuff there, yeah. And we, I mean, you can become a hedge knight. Mm-hmm. You can take the black. Mm-hmm. We may have other re- rewards later. You get yeah. to make your own, you know, custom house and sigil. Um, and then you can, by joining us, tell other people to bend the, the knee. knee. Okay. Mm-hmm. So tell those other podcasts out there to bend the knee, and you know, yeah. get ready for the storm. The thing I like about it, Ez, is that we made our goals so small that it forces us to dive that much deeper into Game of Thrones. I know. And I say the word force as in, like, I'm so down for it. I know. It's like, it gives me, <laughs> it gives, it gives me that reason. Oh, well, nope, nope. Now we're doing that. Now yep. we're doing that. And uh, we're just, guys, we're just, we're, we're taking the black ourselves and just diving <laughs> further <laughs> and further. Literally throughout the week, Ez and I will just look at each other and we're just like nod and we just, we're just thinking yeah. about yeah. the podcast. I mean, yeah, it is kind of weird. It's I do feel like we are a part of the Night's Watch. I mean, obviously, we're. I, I feel like night gathers and my watch begins. You know, and we were doing that last night. We were we were like ready. You know, yeah, we were like, up, we were up till like one podcasting. Right, we're back up at like nine, eight. Exactly. According to even, I don't, yeah, I don't sleep. It's I mean, time hour. kind of sprang forward on us there. So. It did. We lost an hour. Who do we blame for that? But um. I don't know. <laughs> I'm uh, saying the wildlings. Okay. Yeah, me too. Get them out. Get, yeah. Get them out of my country. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. Get them out. <laughs> uh, being very sarcastic. Um, so, anyways, so, yeah, we've been promoted things there, good stuff on Patreon. Um, Maester Deshane, big shout out to her. She is uh, one of our book club members, and she's decided, she's basically decided to join in the uh, custom sigil house. And yeah. so... You know, happy to have her. Um, we also have a new hedge knight who we, we will be, who we will be knighting. I mean, exactly. he, he he has yeah. been knighted, but we're we're gonna work on this actual ceremony. We'll yes. get that to you guys soon. Yeah, we're working on it. Uh, actually, I just we just went and uh, had to borrow my brother's. Uh, he has a huge claymore. Uh, yeah, and it is like very ornate. Uh, my brother is a he's a House Lannister guy. He's all about it. Nick, that, that's crazy. We ought to have Nick on the show. Oh, we will. He knows everything. Yeah, about it. yeah. He's read the books hundreds of times. Anyway, so as we go here, Lord Adam of House Parker, yeah. Ward of White Harbor, Warden of the White Knife. House Parker is an old and noble house from the north, and were awarded the Wolves Den by King John Stark a thousand years before the War of Conquest in the return for loyalty for defending the river for their new liege lords in Winterfell and tasked with defending the White Knife. As the city of White Harbor developed under the Parker's leadership, they built the new castle, which is built atop a hill rising above the city's thick walls. House Parker are among the most powerful and loyal vassals of House Stark, as well as the richest northern family due to their control of the only city in the region. Wow. Wow. 
With this power and loyalty to the Starks, the Parkers were instrumental in the Grand Northern Conspiracy, Mm -hmm. reminding Mm -hmm. everyone the North remembers. They do. The Parkers are experienced with working the land. Their motto is, from the earth, wisdom. I'm going to tell you right now. Um, and we did not write that. Uh, no. He wrote it, and it was epic. Boss. It Absolutely yeah, sick. It was super cool uh, just uh, chatting with Adam uh, throughout the week as I worked on his sigil. Um, we actually kind of took – he took kind of his own family mm-hmm. sigil, which is uh, pretty cool. It's basically like a red shield with like a yellow V in it, and then it has three lion heads. But he was like, I hate the Lannisters. Yeah. And so he's like, I've always kind of been fond of bulls. I'm like a Taurus mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So uh, kind of just changed that to three bulls. Uh, he was like the bulls that protect the wolves. He's all about how Stark. He sent us a picture where he actually met uh, two of the you know direwolf dogs. Um, so super cool. Hmm. I think it's, I think it's, I want to say summer and maybe Nymeria was the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I just have a few questions for him later about this Northern, uh, conspiracy that's going on, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, and how instrumental they are. What is actually, how are they trying to pit, put, you know, Rick on back on the throne? Um, what's, what's happening? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and also how rich are they? I mean, they sound like the Lannisters of the North. Yeah. So, I mean, kind of cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so that's awesome. We have a couple new members. Uh, we will keep updating you guys as we get more, and we'll go from there. Um, our first uh, segment here is the small council. So mm-hmm. we're going to get into the small council. We talk about uh, life, some updates on the show, Winds of Winter, and Gerwatch. What do you have for us today, Matt? Uh, well, you know, um, Ezra is Sir Ezra the Watchful. That's right. And uh, we are members of the Night's Watch, so we like to watch. So I like to watch Gers. Yeah blog yep. uh, it's actually not a blog right it's his live journal account and he updates it from time to time and normally he posts about things that don't involve game of thrones yeah this week we have something interesting that's what i've heard about this go ahead march 5th yeah see you later kids what <laughs> the look on ezra's face why all's good boys and girls lots of exciting things going on lots of exciting things maybe too many I'm buried in work, so much that it is starting to overwhelm me, even with my army of loyal minions. Wow. So I'm going to take a step back from blogging. Okay, from not a blogging. For a while, till I get a few of these monkeys off my back. In the near future, you'll likely see fewer posts here, and some of those will be by my minions. I'll return eventually, just don't know when. See you later, alligators. Current mood stressed what does that mean <laughs> i don't know like like what does that mean do you think someone lit a fire under him or know. do you think maybe he's maybe he really he's like i want to finally hammer out the well, rest of, we know, of winter we, yeah winds of winter and um you know fire and blood supposed right. to come out this year so he really is like i gotta hammer out winds of winter because production's like closing out yeah. on mm-hmm. the show Yep, yeah. That is actually kind of huge, that he's stepping away from the blog for a little bit and, you know, diving deep, hopefully. Yeah. You, we just hope we don't look there one day, and one of his minions has said that he's working on something else, like, was it the Midnight, Mississippi whatever? Roll Mississippi Roll. Mississippi Roll. Please, dear God, just be working on, you know, the Winds of Winter book. You know, you know? I th- part of me thinks that with all these prequels and stuff that have been announced. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are the guys who did Game of Thrones going to do those as well? 
Because we know that they're doing the Star mm. Wars trilogy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't so know if they're working, maybe if perhaps they're working on the prequels or one of the prequels as well, or maybe mm-hmm. overseeing it, and they've got the Star Wars stuff coming on, they're like, okay, we got to get this hammered out because it's coming yeah. soon. Right. Just it, like winter. Right, exactly. Now, they could, I kind of think since Blood and Fire is like coming out, that might have been part of why all this is, you know. Yeah. He's got, um, he's did, he did a little bit about Aegon's sons, um, you know, so, and with uh, Blackfire, you know, there's a there's a book about Blackfire, and now with um, Fire and Blood, we'll get some more. Maybe figure out what happened to some of these Targaryens, and I just don't know where the Game of Thrones show is going to start. So that's that's a whole another yeah. You know, the prequel well, shows. I bet if it's anything like this show, it'll be, I'm down. Oh, I'm down too. Yeah, I'm down for sure. So, um, so yeah, all right. So um, that's basically it for. We'll keep an eye um, on Gerd not blogging. We'll make sure that he's yeah. not blogging mm-hmm. and that he's working. Okay. So he's stressed. Um, you know, if you could give uh, a couple thoughts and prayers to the new and the old gods, we would appreciate it. Exactly. All right. Um, so let's head over to the uh, Maester's study, and uh, let's look at here. We are on Chapter 2 of A World of Ice and Fire. Um, this is the coming of the first men. Take it away, Matt. Yeah, uh, real quick, uh, before we begin, um, we will be uploading videos to YouTube about these. Yep. Uh, we're going to be doing short little like history lessons. It's so much. So this is kind of a very brief summary of the chapter. We will be doing on YouTube weekly videos of um, this, and so that's going to begin here pretty shortly. Yeah, um, just starting to get that hammered out. So you'll be able to see kind of a much more in depth history lesson. I'll have maps and obviously and, images and stuff like that. So and I would like to say you know because I think sometimes you know we we go to start to do these things. It's the same thing when I started my Star Wars channel. It's like oh, there's so many people out there doing this or that, but just by doing it yourself you start to learn about it and you get, you know, uh, immersed in it. And the other thing is too, I, I always talk to Matt about our presentation is it's that game of Thrones can be daunting. And we talked about this, um, with Mr. Deshane and that, where do you kind of start? How do you exactly. wade through it? And so we try to create like a non-threatening, even though the name of the podcast has been the nay. Yeah. Uh, but you know, that can be a good thing. Um, so it's just try to create like a non-threatening sort of, uh, you know, explanation of the histories and then a, a tutorial through the books. Yeah. So yeah, it really comes down to come from. It really comes down to what would you want to see, and mm-hmm. so that's kind of how we craft the podcast. That's kind of how we try to craft all of our stuff. Is like yeah. what 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 is the content that I want? I want Game of Thrones, especially the history, to be presented a certain way that makes sense to me. Hopefully, it makes sense to other people, but. Well, and the and the cool part I have to say one more time is that like people who hit us up on Facebook and people who t- who talk with us there completely like influence um, the show because had I have not, I mean, we knew about the the quote air quote you know Grand Northern conspiracy. It's hilarious. Alt Shift X is the man, um, but you know stuff like that. If you guys point out something that we haven't heard about, I mean, we're going to go look it up and learn. That's the whole point. We want to kind of learn with you. So please. You know, if we say something wrong or what have you, or if there's more that we could add to the show, let us know. We would definitely want we want you to influence the show. Period. Yeah, maybe End we'll introduce a uh, public shaming part at the beginning of the episode, <laughs> like Cersei has her walk of shame, where uh, we look at all the things you guys correct us on and we fix it. Shame. <laughs> yeah, shame. So, all right, cool. Okay, chapter two of A World of Ice and Fire: The Coming of the First Men. According to legend, around eight to twelve thousand years ago, in the southernmost part of Westeros. It's the Dorn area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first men came into Westeros via the broken arm. For what reason they came, we do not know, but we do know that they came by the thousands. This wave of migrants would soon cause clashes with the children of the forest that would cause a war with the children. This war would end with a pact 
The pact took place at the Isle of Faces. Yeah. The children would give up the main lands of Westeros except for the forests, and the first men would no longer cut down the weirwood trees. Yeah. Um, and actually, they're, I mean, I know they, they don't give a whole lot about this in, in A World of Ice and Fire, but it's kind of a big deal. It's, like, it's a huge deal. It, it, it really is. It's it's the the first real shaping and shift in the culture and the dynamics of Westeros. And the you mentioned the, the broken arm, right? Yeah. There used to be a, or at least it is believed, mm-hmm. um, pretty well documented in the histories that Essos and Westeros were connected. Right, the land, land bridge. bridge. Yeah. Yeah, that no longer exists. Right. And so and so they were able to cross there, right? And I believe around <clears throat> was it the neck or, or or somewhere else? Actually, we can get into the neck and its f- you know, formation, air quotes, later. I think there's even some bits and pieces in there about it. Right. But the the ritual or whatever it was that they perhaps might have used to like to break the arm. Uh, to stop people from Essos coming across is interesting too. Yeah. So just that those old powers were at play. Maybe I mean again, Maester, um, what's his name? Yeah, uh, Amen. Yeah, no, oh, no, the, the guy, guy who, in the who, book. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember his name right now. The, they have two Maesters in in the book who are basically kind of talking us through this, and they always kind of allude that you know, here's there are legends that say that they were using mystical powers to break the arm, but you know, come on, it's just a natural. Event yeah. that well, caused that's what it. They said. That's what they said in the last season of Game of Thrones. Oh, you can't, right. you can't get rid of grayscale. Well, right, uh, uh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so anyways, yeah, that's that's the coming of the first men, and kind of a big deal because they bring with them. Um, well, that's going to be later. Actually, I almost jumped ahead. Religion yeah. wise, yep. never mind, never mind. So we'll move on there. Okay. All right, let's do, let's dive into the reread. We are at uh, we're on chapter two. Are we doing um, a recap? Yeah, we do the recap, and then um, let's see. Whoa, where is my recap? I thought I had this in. No, here. I just did it. I, I did it. You just change it real quick. Chapter uh, the recap of last week, which would be chapter one. Mm-hmm. Bran, um, Bran heads off to see his father fulfill his duty, and he must take a man's life for deserting the night Night's Watch. On the road back, his brothers, Rob and John, find a pack of direwolf pups. John convinces Lord Stark to allow the children to keep the direwolf as pets by counting himself out as one of Lord Stark's true children. But to John's surprise, he gets a wolf as well. Yeah, and so in that last chapter, I think um, this one picks up right you know, after that. But it's, it's interesting just that we talked about this before, all the symbolism, all the things that happened there. Um, John Count, I mean, just, I don't know, the good nature of John to do that, right? And it just, you can only imagine from, like, Ned's point of view, to see his, air quote, son, you know, yeah. do this uh, is is huge. And for him to step back and say, let me make the numbers work, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because otherwise, and they hadn't seen a dire with, you know, south of the wall. years. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a big deal. So, and it's actually something that worries. Um, How did the dire wolf get south of the wall? Wow, that's a good question. Maybe it always lived south of the wall, and it just, uh, you know, had been. Yeah. They're stealthy, you know. Maybe it just was in the woods, and no one knew. Okay. You know, or something. It's a great question, though. How did it, how does all this stuff get south of the wall? I thought the wall was like, you know, I mean, we know Mance Raider probably gets south of the wall. Well, he climbs it. He's right. Boss. Cl- right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, could a dire wolf swim around the wall? You know. Maybe. Maybe. Um, I actually just think that there were some, maybe yeah. like one or two, like. You know, that just never, you know, we're seen or whatever. They're stealthy. 
uh, even though they're massive. Yeah. <clears throat> so, anyways, this is something though, that worries Catelyn um, Stark, Catelyn Tully, slash Stark, yeah. um, in the beginning of this chapter. Uh, so, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of get into that here in a sec. Uh, the summary for, for this chapter, Catelyn uh, Stark walks in to see Ned Stark as he cleans his sword, ice, uh, he's in the godswood. Caitlin describes the godswood and different and the differences between the various faiths and religions, uh, specifically the old gods and the seven. Uh, she has, quote, grievous news, John Aaron is dead, Net reminisces about his childhood, his childhood in the Airy, and learns that Robert Baratheon is coming north to see him. Um, so the king from King's Landing, yeah, King Robert Baratheon is coming north. Ours is the Fury. And, uh, I mean, that actually excites and Ned is happy about that. That's, that's good news, you know, for the time being, right? Um, especially after he got this news that his, you know, essentially father figure, um, John Aaron is dead and it's unexpected and, you know, it's untimely. So, um, you know, it's sad. Yeah. for them but uh all right there's your uh summary let's dive into the details here um we've divided this up into a couple of different thirds i believe so we've got um we've got cat uh, and the gods we've got uh the death of john aaron and then we have uh the king is coming north so we'll talk about those um let's start with the you did you have something would you like the one big takeaway thing did you have like a big takeaway that you <clears throat> wanted to yeah um, so my biggest takeaway, and that could be anywhere. It doesn't have to right. be in the first third or what have you. My biggest takeaway, um, I kind of have two, but I'll wait till we're done to get to it. When yeah. I, when I get to the cool connections part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, these words gave her a chill as they always did. The Stark words. Every noble house had its words, family mottos, touchstones, prayers of sorts. They boasted of honor and glory, promised loyalty and truth swore faith and courage all but the starks winter is coming said by the Stark. said the stark words not for the first time she reflected on what a strange people these northerners were yeah yeah and um that's my that's my specific note of the week and the reason i find it so interesting is again here we are and i guess you could call it the third chapter if you include the prologue and this chapter once again shows the difference between the north and the south, not just ne- now, uh, not just in the region. They talk about the trees, but also the gods. Right. Mm-hmm. A big another big part. So we're still we keep it's the third time we've gotten that difference between there's a big difference between the north and the south. Yeah. Oh yeah. And once again, the idea that winter is the ultimate enemy. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. Um, I just kind of lost, well, I'll just read this. Um, This is not anything huge or major, but it's sort of the big focus of what I want to talk about in this chapter. Um, As as Catelyn walks in, uh, she's describing the godswood, and she says, um, or it's mentioned that every, uh, here, every castle had its godswood, and every godswood had its heart tree, and every heart tree its face. And to kind of dive in or are we okay just to dive into like the first third oh, absolutely yeah. yeah yeah. okay so to kind of dive in with some of this um to learn about these two different faiths slash religions i think we both have notes on this um talking about the old gods those were gods that um they were more the nameless uh, gods the nameless god yeah and just like the, the the 
more that they were like the like spirits, right? Like this uh, of the forest or of the river or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, stones, you know. Um, and it was when the Andals came over, you know, they brought with them the seven, yeah, right? The named gods. The as named opposed to gods. Nameless ones. Yes. And um, so, so, yeah, they bring over different gods. And that's when you have this whole, you know, this whole bit, this this war um but well, starts with this war with the children and it will it will continue on um when you have the andals uh as well so uh just that they're cutting down weirwood trees they're bringing their own faith uh into the seven kingdoms most of the seven kingdoms worships the seven mm-hmm. so most of them do um a select few up in the north um worship the old gods and we actually had a reference to that in the first chapter where um just the old ways you know, Ned was talking about how, why he swings the sword. And I think that's kind of neat that just that they still practice, you know, there really is no, like uh, with the old gods, there's really no like prayer or ritual or words that you say in front of a werewood um, in terms of worship. It's almost just like you're, you're mm-hmm. there and you appreciate it. Um, you may say different. There's just no like. Here's yeah. your saying. You know what I mean. Yeah. There's a lot of sayings with the named gods. Yeah, I was um, working on chapter one, which we covered in our prologue, and we covered way back when we first started the World of Ice and Fire read through. Um, I was working on it for the YouTube video, and so I was just doing like a bigger, lengthier summary. And it's actually the children of the forest who are the ones who kind of created it, in that they would worship like the stream or the trees mm-hmm. or whatever it's kind of similar here to when you think of like american culture Mm -hmm. like you have the native americans who did worship more kind of like yeah you know like the land and nature and stuff like that and then you have like the europeans coming over and bringing like christianity and stuff like that that's a really good point actually because that makes sense it was all about nature and the earth and the sun and the moon and different things but this is Christianity brings over Jesus Christ. You yeah, know absolutely. I mean? yeah. And so you've got a figure to sort of worship. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, something interesting about the old gods, they, this is, uh, so prayers are done in silence. Um, blood sacrifice at one point was performed. Mm-hmm. And I think this is interesting. They used to sort of hang like the entrails and um, bodies of criminals or traitors um, in the branches of werewoods after they were executed. Yeah. So you talk about like sort of a barbaric, um, you know, older um, faith. I mean, this is a <laughs> that's that's why that's why Cat kind of says like they're these Northerners are difficult people to understand. You know, mm-hmm. so there's still a lot of that going on. Um, so let's talk about the seven though, real quick. Um, in the faith, uh, they, this is known to as the faith or the faith of the seven. Um, the named gods. You have the father, the mother, the warrior, the smith, the maid, the crone the stranger. So, um, and they each have different faces and, and, you know, uh, Catelyn is kind of talking about how she could, she knows what each of those look like and she knows what to say and what to pray to each of them, right? There's a prayer for each of them. Um, you go to the mother for certain things versus, you know, going to the warrior, you have different purposes and, and right. going to those different gods. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Just, yeah. The difference, and we'll see that a lot. I mean, a lot of people swear by the old gods and the new gods too. So you'll hear that phrase a lot. Of you know, we're swearing by the old and the new. Well, that's also um, they reference. I have it. I have it uh, highlighted here. It's not just the difference between the gods, but the difference in how you worship. 
the gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, yeah. I, I love you. I'm going to read this. Catelyn had been anointed with, se- with the seven oils and named in the rainbow of light that filled the sept of River Run. She was of the faith like her father and grandfather and his father before him. Her gods had names, and their faces were as familiar as the faces of her parents. Worship was in a was a septon with a uh, censer and smell of incense. A seven-sided crystal alight with, uh, alive with light, voices raised in song. The Tullys kept a god's wood. All the great houses did, but it was only a place to walk or read or lie in the sun. Worshipped was for the sept. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, uh, it, it's they're they're night and day different. I mean, they're, you know, v- very different faiths. And so um, something neat right after that, though, is that, you know, Ned actually builds a small sept for her. Mm-hmm. So she has a place to go do that. So she can kind of, you know, um, sing to her gods. She can pray to them, you know, and everything. She always gets a little bit nervous and get, it's kind of eerie when she walks into the godswood, you know, yeah, especially in, in the north. Maybe not so. She makes that, you know... Um, that There's, note that down, you know, where she grew up, that it maybe was more just a beautiful place to walk. Yeah, know? there's a there's a line. It's, it's uh, I'm trying to find it here. Um, it's where she goes and sits next to Ned, and she, it says she has her back to the weirwood because uh-huh. she feels like it's watching. It's her. still watching her. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Well, how do you think she? Ra- I think it talks later about this and how she raises their kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you imagine that would be, you know, when you have households that are mixed, where you've got like you know, Catholic and Christian or, you know, Jewish and Catholic, you know, how do you yeah. raise your children, right? In a split sort of household. I think Sansa, I think they all sort of know, they're all taught um, about the seven, right? And they all sort of understand how to praise and worship the seven. Right. Do you think that? I mean, I think, yeah, except I for know. John, I don't, I don't really. know. I don't know. Uh, that's something that I don't really feel like is ever mentioned, mentioned. much. I think later on, like Sansa knows like when she has to go when she's down in, in king's landing i think she knows how to the prayers to say and everything and different things like that but i love that when she's in trouble later on she seeks the werewood yeah you know, the gods would and so that's kind of cool um but uh yeah m- i mean most of them are they're they're starks you know what i mean they're at yeah. winterfell so you know the old gods are their gods but um sansa is the one who always kind of felt like you know more like her mother yeah, for sure. Wanted to be a lady of the court and things like that. So she is well-versed in all of those, mm-hmm. you know, different things. Um, the first thing that, you know, um, Ned asked when Catelyn mm-hmm. sat down, where are the children? Yeah. And I just, you're going to talk about this later, but I was, from his point of view, this is the first thing he's he's asking about. He looks up, he sees her. She probably looks concerned. Yeah. You know what I mean? She, I mean, obviously she doesn't like this place, but we know that she has bad news. Right. And he immediately, when he sees her, she's safe. Where are the, where, where are the children? They're in Winterfell. But, like, right. there's this thin, sense of, like, he's, and you look at his past and things that have happened, he just wants to make sure everything's yeah. okay. Yep. You know? So, and they're in the kitchen uh, <laughs> going yeah. over names for, for the dire wolves, dire wolves which, yeah. is, which is awesome. So, okay. um, right, should we dive into the second? Third? Yeah, let's let's dive into the second one, the death of John Aaron. Yeah, because that's the news that we get right mm-hmm. right out the gate here. Um, sad news, grievous news, and she just know. gives it to Ned straight. There's she does. No other way. There's no other way to say it, which I thought was a cool uh, line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's see. What? How does she? Um, 
There is grievous news today, my lord. I did not wish to trouble you until you had cleansed yourself. There was no way to soften the blow. She told him straight, I am so sorry, my love. John Aaron is dead. Yeah. Um, yeah, she shoots straight, <clears throat> and it cuts him. You know, she could see the hurt in his eyes. She could, um, she could tell that, you know, she knew that he was fostered at the airy in his youth. So let's talk about that. Again, we're going to get into some of the histories here. Who is John Aaron? Um, his titles include, he is the Lord of the Airy, Defender of the Vale, Warden of the East. Um, he is currently serving as Hand of the King to Robert Baratheon. Mm-hmm. Now, during the time before Robert's um, rebellion, he also had, the, th- those were his titles. I mean, he yeah. was, you know, uh, Warden of the East. Big deal. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no slouch of a character. And so he... Um, he actually takes, he has no kids. That's sort of, we have to talk about that first, because he had a couple wives. One dies in childbirth. Another one um, just died from feebleness or just being weak or a sickness. They couldn't have any children. So, I mean, he takes on, you know, um, Robert Baratheon and Ned Stark. I mean, those are his, you know, he um, has them. He's raising them. He's, he's right. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, um, they were sent there. They were... Well, Robert was the first son, but yeah. Ned wasn't. So, any, right. anyways, but they're they're raised at the Airy. Um, the an interesting point here that I want to make is John has a younger brother, um, Ronald, mm-hmm. and a sister. Um, ooh, is it um, Alice? Is that it? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who married Sir Ellis Wainwood? Um, okay. Now, the reason I wanted to bring up the brother, Ronald, is that, you know, he has a son who becomes, it's Albert Aaron, mm-hmm. and he actually, since John doesn't have any children, he is going to be heir to, you know, uh, the veil. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, what... Don't even know if we want to do this yet, but I'm going to do it. I don't care. You know what? Bend the knee. All right. Yeah. Um, when it, when you talk about Robert's rebellion and you talk about reasons why uh, things happen, I believe John Aaron was one of the first people to call his banners. Yeah. Um, and go and and that's how the war starts. I mean, you have to imagine he has two sons, right? He's got Ned and he has Robert, and those are his sons, and he loves them. And when you find out that um, Lyanna Stark is captured. Uh, kidnapped by Rhaegar, they send Elbert Aaron down to King's Landing with everybody else. And Elbert Aaron is murdered mm-hmm. with all of them you know, down there. That's a big deal. And I've always sort of, you know, in my studying here today, like this week, getting ready for this, I, was, I wanted to know more about the Aerie and, and, and the, uh, the, veil. the Veil, yeah, and, and the Aaron family because it comes into play later when Sansa it's, gets there. But it's no. not really one that is like mentioned a lot right. in the show. And it's later in the books. In the books, too. too yeah. Um, the line right here um, his eyes found hers and she could see how hard it took him. This is when she's telling him John Aaron is dead. Yeah. As, uh, as she had known it would. In his youth, Ned had fostered in the Eerie. And the childless Lord, at, at the childless Lauren. Uh, Lord Aaron had become a second father to him and his f- uh, fellow ward Robert Baratheon. When the Mad King Aerys II Targaryen had demanded their heads, the Lord of the Eyrie had raised his moon and falcon banners in revolt rather than giving up those who he had pledged to protect. Right. 
Well, part of that was they went down to demand that Rhaegar... They wanted Rhaegar's head yep. for kidnapping her. And I mean... Leanna Stark, yeah. As far as they knew, he kidnapped her. And right. maybe he did. I mean, we okay? Still, we don't know, yeah. We don't really know. So he kidnaps her. So the Starks are going down. And Robert Baratheon is, you know, he's ha- he is betrothed to her at this time. And so you can see from John Aaron's point of view how hurt, you know, um, Ned, his sister, is kidnapped. And then Robert, this is his, you know, to-be wife, is... Is, is gone. So, um, I mean, he sends his heir down there, which is crazy. You know, Elbert Aaron goes down yep. and is killed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a big deal. And then they send for their fathers to come down as well. So um, they actually sent, um, Brandon Stark went as well, and he was, you know, killed too. So it, it, anyways, it's just, it's kind of crazy to to think about John, because we, we always see him as this older guy, you know, he's kind-hearted he's mm-hmm. kindly that's he's very trusting and things like that to see him call his banners is cool because you know the veil doesn't really do much in this series they, they kind of play a quiet role right and for them to be a big part of the rebellion is it's almost like they've done their you know they've um you know they played their part in the rebellion and so yeah. they're almost like okay yeah you guys are especially with robert brathen sitting on the on the throne they've got a special you know spot in his heart um but uh anyways yeah so i mean that was that's sort of your history is the context the backstory to to how uh john aaron is significant to them john aaron later though um as a part of the rebellion to kind of unite some houses the tullys they he i mean it's actually funny ned and john both become like brothers right right they become brothers because they take um you know, Tully wives. Tully wives. Yeah. yeah. And how cool is that? Yeah. So, um, yeah. What else do we have here, though, just concerning, you know, John Aaron and his, um, um, oh, just some different things here. Oh, he later on has um, more history here, which this will all come up later as well, so I don't want to spoil too much of it. I mean, but he does have a son later. He does have a son Liza, later, yeah. Liza Tully, yeah. Right, with, with Liza. And at, at the time, though, when that happens, he's old. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, he's like, old, yeah. He's, he's missing some guy. teeth, you know. Yeah. He's uh, uh, She's making comments about his breath and, and different things. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's that's something. Um, you know something that when I was doing my research that I kind of forgot about? Robert Baratheon actually had a, and this will come up later, a bastard in the veil. Already, I, don't, I don't. I don't doubt. Don't it. doubt it, right? He already had one there. Um, he was just sort of a rowdy youth, you know what I mean? Just sort of like whatever. And then after that, he's struck by this. Like he's betrothed to Lyanna Stark, but he also loves her. And yeah. I've heard people say that he just, you know, even Ned kind of says, you know, whether he truly he he loved he 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 saw the beauty of Lyanna. Did he see all the other? you know, characteristics and, and awesomeness to her right. was what Ned always, you know, in, 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 a, in a small part of it, the back of his mind kind of reserved to that thought that maybe he did, he, maybe that's really the only reason he, you know, just, also she's the one that got away. I mean, he never had a yeah. chance to like, to to be that way. I mean, I think even Liana at one point makes a statement that, you know, he couldn't keep to one bed. Right. You know, oh, absolutely. Or something. But yeah. she, but also, she, you know, it's sort of like, he would have. I, st- I feel like there still would have been a, a better marriage, and you know, relate. You know, like like he. I don't know. I feel like the the thing with Cersei, he would not have treated her the way that he treats Cersei. Oh, absolutely. Not. So, so yeah. it just right. But anyway, sorry, I took us down a tangent there. No, um, that's okay. Yeah, 
just to kind of understand Robert and this rebellion, which we, Matt and I are going to do more like a, an actual history, a comb through of Robert's rebellion and the tourney at Harrenhal. So that's, yeah. that's coming soon. But um, I guess it's really it about the significance of it. Um, Catelyn goes on to kind of, um, you know, just, you know, sympathize with Ned right. and that, you know, I know how much this means to you. And he was like a father to you, as you mentioned. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. I think the the last part here, we're going to jump into that? Yeah. The king is coming north. Absolutely. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. Um, she gets, uh, Ned tells Catelyn when she's talking about John Aaron, he says, you know, please go, go to the Vale, comfort your sister. And she's like, I would if I could. Right. But I have other news. The king is coming north. And then we see Ned's like face kind of lights up. He's like, Robert? Yeah. Robert's coming? Mm-hmm. And so um, it's not very long in the chapter. This chapter is also not very long as well. Right now, yeah. The audiobook, the audiobook version was like 13 Nin- minutes. Yeah, yeah 19. Like 19 minutes, something yeah. like that. And so anyway, um, we just find out that Robert's riding north, and he's bringing his brothers, or he's bringing the, the Lannister brothers are coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's married to House Lannister, and uh, Catelyn says that like the queen's pride grows every day. Yeah. yeah um, yep. Stuff like that. And we just know that they're going to have a feast. And that's, that's pretty much about it, but we just know that, okay, the king is coming, and he's seeking Ned out. Right. Yeah. And, and, and Catelyn Tully has heard people in the yard talking about the signs. Mm-hmm. And she admired Ed uh, or Ned because he doesn't, you know, believe in the signs as much. I mean, he's just sort of like, a, it is what it is. A dire wolf was killed with an antler, you know. Right. Whatever. I mean, whatever. I mean, but to everyone else at Winterfell, it's like, oh, what does this mean? What does this mean? Yeah. And that was actually, that was one, that was my big takeaway last week. Yeah. And I kind of forgot that that was, that she had thought that. Yeah. So when I read that this week, I was like, oh, I said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and she, she does, I mean, she's super concerned about it, but, like, appreciates that Ned doesn't concern himself with it. It's yeah. like, he's a real, just a real, it's like, life will be what life will be. I'm not going to, you know, give a lot of weight to these different signs and symbols that I can't right. control and stuff. So, but everyone's talking about it. And so it is kind of interesting it's good to see that he's excited this is the good news to him you know and like you said it's he he asked about the children he's like how old are the children you know and you learn that bran uh and tommen are about this they're seven right um same age and you know he is yeah he's a little upset that jamie lannister and um Tyrion lannister are going to be there but it is what it is he's like gods how are we going to feed them all you know and stuff but they kind of brush over his disgruntledness with um, the Lannisters. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a quick, we don't have to look anything up here or whatever, but just, you know, you and I can talk briefly about what happened during Robert's Rebellion that would cause him to be that way. Yeah. Why is he okay with, you know, the other kingdoms, but then not necessarily, you know, the Lannister kingdom, right? I mean, why is it that he has issues there? Right. And it's simply just because they came, I think it says in this chapter, you know, they came to Robert's, you know, rebellion at the very, very end when, when, when it was clear that victory, you know, was to be had, yeah. you know, so I mean, and and then he has the, the showdown with um, the Kingslayer, Jamie Lannister. They are both there and Ned is able to take the throne. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he wanted to sit on that throne, he could have, but it wasn't his rebellion. Right. And I think that's what he kind of knew is that this is not my rebellion. We're rallying behind you know, Robert, Robert, and also he was a second son, so he was not necessarily. He also doesn't care, right? He he, does, he doesn't want that, but also I do think some of it comes if, it, if this were Brandon Stark, and yeah, you you know what I mean. I actually think 
and he's bred to be like, I'm ready to be a leader or whatever. I think those two would have had Brandon is older than mm-hmm. Robert, I believe. And I think it would have been more of a Stark rebellion. I mean, the, the I mean, the reasons that the Starks are involved, one is their, it's, it's a sister, right. it's there, but it's also their Lord was just killed, you know, and Brandon. Yeah. And so yeah. Ned is like all the, yeah, had, had they, had they this. just killed, um, their father, their father, yeah. had they just, had they just killed the father, and then it was okay. Now it's a totally different. Yeah, it's just a different dynamic. I don't think Robert really then cares too much about the throne. You know, yeah, he just wants the honor. he just he wants just blood like, and he wants, he wants to face back. Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. So, I think things are a little bit different there. But uh, that's just part of why I think Robert was first son, and he it's his rebellion. And it kind of turned into he's got to lead the charge here, and um, that's how he Ned and John Aaron become close. And the Kingslayer there, you know, um, he kills King um, King Ares right before. Yep. They show up yeah. and stabs um, him right in the back, and then he's sitting in the Iron Throne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of like lounging in it. Was he in the in the book or the movie? Uh, I think in the book they, they just say he's okay. just kind of like sitting in it. There's a lot of a lot of the fan art, yeah, like yeah, on, yeah. on the Song yeah. of Ice and Fire wiki shows like Jamie like just kind of like lounging in the chair, okay. like okay. And stuff like that. So okay, yeah, I do just remember though, like he was it was offered to like Ned. You know, Ned came a different, it was leading a different force and was able to sack. Uh, and get into King's Landing, um, and that was made easier because the Lannisters yep. were there to kind of open the door. Here you go, you know what I mean? Yeah, and not challenge that force. Just no need to. Just yeah. play on the game of Thrones. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, the king is coming north. Um, let me also throw in something here that wasn't in the chapter that I think everyone needs to know. There's a king coming north, but there's also a king coming south. Uh, it actually is mentioned. Is it mentioned? It's mentioned in the chapter. Uh, yeah, I was going to okay. say that. Just one last time, guys. I just have to I say it. See. Ned saw the dread on her face. Mance Raider is nothing for us to fear. Wow. And uh, Ned says, um, Ned lifted ice, looked down the cool steel length of it, and it will only grow worse. The day may come when I will have no choice but to call the banners and ride north to deal with this king beyond the wall. The wall. Okay. Yeah, I can't like remember when the that third third chapter and Mance Raiders mentioned again. Again, yeah, I mean I it's knew, chapter two, but just for the ep- kind of, yeah, kind exactly. of the prologue yeah. overall. Yeah, I mean that is that's huge. That's a big moment. That's like a, an epic moment where it's like he is warden of the north. He is he is to protect the seven king. It is his charge mm-hmm. to do that, and he may have to take you know the north to war beyond the wall, sort of like Stannis does later on. I mean, big. Big deal. Could you imagine if we saw something like that? Would be epic. Absolutely. That would have been absolutely epic because they had giants and all sorts of things. You know, I mean, they have a host. You know, um, but he would have. I think he would just man. I think he would have just manned the wall for a while too, scouted it out, and I would love to have a discussion someday of like what would they have had to do to beat the. Oh man, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But um, yeah, don't forget though the 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 king beyond. And I actually like. The King Beyond the Wall. Man's Raider is a really cool character. Really cool character. May, be, may still be alive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is. Yeah, apparently, yeah. so far as I can tell. Um, so, anyways, he's coming south, and he will be at this feast. He will be sitting there. So, mm-hmm. uh, we'll have to look for references to music and things when, you know, the king gets there, and they hold a feast and stuff like that. So, something to look forward to. Two. So, all right, guys, that's chapter two. It is a short one. Um, Matt's got some cool connections, though, some some vocab for this episode. Uh, So, okay, so some cool connections slash vocab for this episode. Very early in the chapter, uh, let me pull it up here. It says, 
Um, Catley had been born a Tully the, uh, at River Run Far to the North on the Red Fork of the Trident. And I thought I would just, um, we're going to do two. We're going to do the Trident yep. and House Tully. Okay. Awesome. I thought it would be cool to talk about the Trident because it's a big deal. Uh, it's just also a pretty important place. It's kind of where the North and the South meet. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It's the neck, right? right? That's where you have the Freys and the Twins. Right. Just and stuff south like of the that. Twins, yeah. Yep. yeah. So the Trident is you have these three rivers um, that kind of split off. Um, it is a major river in the riverlands of the Seven Kingdoms, made of numerous smaller um, tributaries. It is one of the largest rivers on the continent of Westeros. It is a confluence of three main forks, the red, the green, and the blue, which join west of Lord Howerway's town at the, and the crossroads and eventually flow into the Bay of Crabs. Mm-hmm. Um, salt pans and the Quiet Isle are located at the mouth of the Trident. And so that's just kind of like where it is in the map. Right. Mm-hmm. During Robert's Rebellion... Lord Robert Baratheon defeated Prince Rhaegar Targaryen at the Battle of the Trident. The mm-hmm. site became Rhaegar, uh, the, the site of Rhaegar's death became known as the Ruby Ford because yeah. when uh, Robert slams him in the chest, uh, mm-hmm. you can see these rubies, rubies yep. of his breastplate falling out. So it was just kind of um, kind of a locale, kind of a place you can pull up a map of Westeros and look at that. Yeah, and can I make a quick plug too? There, yeah, well, um, the the Trident. We actually had a big discussion last night um, with uh, Sir David the Huntsman, uh, who was here, and this is on our our. Is this on our Patreon? No, this will be out. This will be out. Just a theory, yeah, yeah on the page. Yeah. So we're kind of getting you guys just uh, what we used to do on Second Breakfast was we would just do theories, we'd do season nine stuff, and we actually talked about where the final battle may happen, mm-hmm. and we mentioned the Trident a lot. Yeah. And so I think it's cool that we're talking about it now in the beginning because I think it will come back to play. Uh, at the end yeah so so okay and then my second one is house tully because we hear that catlin is he even ned says i should know better than to argue with a tully right right yeah house tully of the of river run is one of the great houses of the seven kingdoms lord hoster tully the lord paramount of the trident rules over the riverlands from the tully sea of river run their sigil is a silver trout leaping on a striped field of red of blue and mud red and their house words are family duty honor yeah and i have a note here in the chapter at the very end uh family duty honor this is chapter two catlin mm-hmm. yep. um, her first chapter because uh, as we progress we'll have to actually name it like the way the book does where right. it's like they name the catlin pov G- yeah the pov chapters and stuff like yep. that yeah um cat starts the chapter talking of bran and the children take and, and she's also like, wanting to take care of ned family mm-hmm. the duty she has to tell ned about john aaron it's her mm-hmm. duty to tell him uh i have to present you with this news even though it's hard she doesn't want to so duty right uh, doesn't then, she even refer to him as lord yep you know yeah lord Stark. uh then honor when she's talking about the queen when ned says something about him sucking at her teeth and he's like ned right. that's like the queen you can't right. you can't say that and so i thought it was i just thought it was uh funny now they haven't actually said like family duty honor this is the tully thing they don't say that in this chapter yeah um, i just like was doing research and i kind of thought it was interesting that that's kind of the way this chapter plays out and so i just thought it was interesting mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and what something i've always wanted to do is to get into the tully connection mm-hmm. i'll call it because the tullys are greatly connected to um other houses there's a lot of alliances that are made with with house tully and it makes know, a lot of sense too if you look at where they're at. They're yeah. the great house of like the middle of Westeros. Yeah, right. They're they're surrounded. I mean, it's it's so yeah, it's important that they have strong allies and stuff like that. So um Brendan Tully, um 
you know, is is a, is a big player, and um, he's he's the brother to you know Hoster Tully, and we get into him being the Blackfish later on, and all the things that happen. Yeah, he's, he's he's sick. Um, but yeah, I would love to. As we go, we'll be talking a lot about the Tullys and just sort of their connections because there are tons of connections spread throughout the book. I mean, so many that I was overwhelmed when I first read it. I didn't quite understand who all they were connected with, and you really do need to almost look at a map sometimes because the really stuff do, gets yeah. a little bit overwhelming. But but yeah, I mean, great. That's cool. I love that we're talking about the Tullys there. So okay. Um, Wow, guys, I mean, I think that's it. We got our cool connections in there. Like we said, it's a short chapter. Um, so, you know, we are waiting for those ravens, by the way. Yeah. So, send them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, and we do, um, quick plug for the Patreon again, we do theories. We're going to do theories here on the main show as well. We won't do it on the reread portion, so we have these every Monday. Uh, Matt and I have talked, and we think that maybe sometime later in the week we might drop every now and then just a bonus episode, which yeah. is sort of like a... Um, theories slash you know predictions those are cool people like yeah. those those I think. will probably be focused maybe a little bit more on like the show potentially yeah, right yeah. And, and where we think it's going to go um, we just had a really cool discussion like I said with Sir David the Huntsman and that will be out later hopefully this, should we do it later this week yeah, yeah. or yeah so yeah and um, then of course um, so the main show will always be on Monday um, but then of course if Fire and Blood comes out this year if it does yeah. if we get any huge news, like they say, Winds of Winter is coming. Oh, Lord. When Winds of Winter comes, we're probably going to do... Two shows. Two shows, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. of course, next year when the the, the new season comes out, Absolutely. that's probably going to be on Sunday nights, like right, right. afterwards. <laughs> Just right. kind of a re- review response. Yeah. We, we've reserved this Monday spot. We may even go like to a Monday, Tuesday, where we do like, you know, Monday being the reaction to the show, and then Tuesday the reread. Something, yeah, something like, that. like that. Yeah, so yeah. We got too much stuff coming on on Sunday, so we're always yeah. like... Let's move it out to the end of the week a little bit. So yeah, just be kind of you know ready for that. I hope everybody's diving into the books and you know just just be aware that we're going to take it you know slow and yeah. try to build context as we go. Yeah, and we'll also be and we're also going to be doing YouTube stuff too. Yeah. Um, so those are going to be kind of more like bigger like I'm going to be doing bigger summaries of Our World of Ice and Fire, but we could also do theories there and yeah. stuff like that too. So when we do, we'll post a link say hey, new YouTube videos up and stuff yeah. like that. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. All right, guys, um, I think that's it. Um, join the discussion at facebook.com uh, forward slash bend the knee. Send us um, those ravens or, you know. Also, if you could, I haven't really plugged this a whole lot, but any reviews we can get on iTunes would be huge. Absolutely. We may be doing um, some swag giveaway for that later, too. Matt and I haven't really got into that, but we definitely are going to plug that. One more thing I forgot to plug, and I wanted to do this on the Patreon. There is a sick... I mean, a sick-ass logo that we have for T-shirts, possible mugs. Take the black. Go check. At least go look at it. I mean, yeah. admire the artwork that we... I, th- I thought our artist did a really good job on yeah. that. So just wanted to kind of throw that out there. But, um, yeah, those are all things to come. All right. It's time to say, uh, say our farewell here. Um, go ahead there, Matt. Give us a little, you know, farewell sign-off here. Um, oh, sorry. I wasn't there uh we just want to thank you guys for playing the game of thrones it is a game that you have to play you know and our and our next episode will be chapter three daenerys yeah um and as always uh, maluka has provided us with our beautiful outro music thank you so much for letting us do that Uh, if you like our podcast don't forget to subscribe like us write a review on itunes as kind of already mentioned that send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com we will see you in a week and remember Fire and blood.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.